Hi, this is Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, telling you to stay tuned to WNJC 1360 AM for Thursday in the Doghouse. Coming right up. Mama wasn't much, daddy was one too. Me, I'm a little bit of everything, everything that I use. One day I'm walking down my block. Go ahead, Karen. Yep, go ahead, darling. We're Good on. Good morning, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Thursday in the Doghouse, a live, on-air, online, educational radio program all about dogs. I'm your host, Karen Fazio, the dog super nanny and the owner of My Best Friend Dog Training, where I work in Keyport, New Jersey, and its surrounding town. <laughs> and I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I work in the South Jersey area. And all around South Jersey. Rini and I have interviewed many well-known and respected professionals in this field, including veterinary behaviorists, authors, trainers throughout the United States, and many shelter workers and rescue workers who are dedicated to farming forever homes for homeless pets. If this is your first time listening and you want to hear previous programs, please visit my website to hear podcasts at www.thedogsupernanny.com or you can visit Rini's website at www.jerseydogtrainer.com, where she also has podcasts for all of the shows she's done so far. While you're visiting our website, we invite you to email us and to ask us any questions you may have about your own dogs, and we'll ask, answer your questions on the air. Um, we're very excited today to speak with Victoria Stillwell, who is the star of the dog training program on Animal Planet, It's Me or the Dog. Victoria Stillwell is one of the world's most recognized and respected dog trainers. As the host of the TV hit show, It's Me or the Dog, currently airing in, 20, in more than 20 countries, Victoria has been able to share her insight and passion for positive reward-based training with an ever-broadening, ever-broadening audience. She's been training dogs for over 15 years, both in London and in New York. Actually, she just did a whole segment on New York City. Um, Victoria is a staunch advocate for using only positive reward-based methods rather than using the all-too-common method of pop and jerk on the leash with choke collars, prong collars, and the like. Um, we'll be talking to Victoria in just a moment after Rini has a chance to tell you about some of the service she offers in the South Jersey area as a professional dog trainer and certified behavior consultant. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338 We're on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com.
Good morning, Victoria. Thank you so much for joining us in the doghouse today. Um, Welcome. Good to be here. Thank you. Um, Victoria, can you tell our audience why you feel so strongly about training with positive methods rather than using the more common um, corrections and punishment type of method? Well, you know what? Um, fortunately, the, the correction type methods, I call dominance training, is not, not as common as it used to be because people are getting smart. Get, well, you know what, Victoria, and I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. it thanks, it thanks, it's, it's, thanks to people like you and shows like yours, it gets the word out. I mean, I don't think if we had a show like yours on, on, on national TV that it would be spreading as fast as it is. So I want to thank you for that. You're, you're, you're welcome. I mean, that's the reason why I, I developed the show in the first place, was to be able to spread the message about positive reinforcement to uh, a, a large population, um, part of the population, so that they'd be able to see that there is another way, and actually a better way, a much more effective way. Because dominance training, it, it, when, you, when you're confrontational with your dog, it breaks that relationship of trust. It hurts the bond, but also, especially if your dog has some sort of anxiety problem or aggression, or, or it can really cause your dog to become so much more insecure and a lot worse and is also dangerous. There's the number of the bias statistics are increasing in this country and there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of the reasons is is because when dominance trainers show either their their processes on television or they show their processes um in, in your home, then the the rate of bites are, are, are on the rise because dogs are reacting badly to it. And um, that's what I'm trying to guard against. That's what I'm trying to educate people. Um, Victoria, is there a difference between what you see here in the United States as far as the increase in biting um, versus in the in the UK? You know, it, both unfortunately in the UK it's the same as well. The bite statistics are rising, and um, again, I think that's a lot of contributing, a lot of factors are contributing to that. Mm -hmm. But I think con confrontational training methods are to blame for a lot of it. Um, but I also I do see in England there is now more of a of a change towards the positive side, and I think. The, the more people that can train their dogs in a positive way and the more trainers that can give the right kind of knowledge out, those bite stats will start going down. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about responsible ownership and it's about understanding your dog and really trying to make your dog successful living in a domestic environment. But for so long, it's because we've had this fear of losing control and when we as human beings have a fear of losing control, this whole idea of being do to, trying to dominate your animal so that you can control it. It's a very old idea, but I also think it's a very, it's a very weak idea too. Mm -hmm. And I, it totally misunderstands the dog's experience. If we can teach people to get the dogs to behave by using positive reinforcement, it's such an effective method. And then the dog's responding because it wants to, not because it fears what's going to happen to it if it doesn't. Exactly. I, I have a question. Um, you know, in the general public, I mean, there's, there's, there's the view of the two, two training philosophies. There's the positive-based training and there's also the leash correction-based training. But, you know, the general public would look at positive-based trainers as, as food trainers or treat trainers 
and the other trainers as leash trainers. I mean, can you can you give a few examples of what those differences in uh, differences are in training methods, so that our audience can understand? You know, we're not just tossing food at yeah. a dog. No, no. We're, we're we're really not. And uh, it's all about motivation and what motivates a dog to learn. We as humans need motivation to learn. And that's all we're providing our dogs. And, you know, a lot of our dogs are motivated by food, so we use food. A lot of dogs aren't motivated by food. They're motivated by toys, so we use toys. And let's take an example of a dog that pulls on the leash. So the dominance trainer will give a lot of leash jerks on the collar, or they'll put a prong collar or a choke collar on a dog, or worse, shock collar. And they'll shock that dog. If that dog ever pulls, if it starts pulling, the dog will receive a shock or a jerk on the leash to stop it from pulling. Dog doesn't know why it's being shocked, but it suddenly it, it does learn in the end that if it doesn't pull, it's not going to get shocked. So it starts to practice avoidance and stops pulling. However, you've not actually taught the dog what to do. Positive reinforcement teaches the dog without punishment, without jerking on the leash, without um, shocking, using a shock collar, and it teaches the dog that, you know what, if you walk right next to me, good things are going to happen to you. You're either going to get a lot of praise, you're either going to get some food, you might get a game with your favorite toy, but when you're walking with me, it's much better for you than if you're pulling in front of me. This also whole idea of dominance training has, uh, and dominance theory has, uh, has broadened this myth that if your dog walks in front of you, it's trying to be pack leader. And that's just the most laughable thing I've ever heard. Mm. If your dog walks in front of you, it's got four legs, it's because it's got four legs and you've got two. Its pace is naturally faster. You're walking very slow as a human. Your dog can walk much faster for you. Plus, it's excited to get to where it wants to go. So if you understand it from that point of view, that's the explanation. you just got to teach the dog, you know what, I'm sorry, you have to be attached to this leash. This, leash. this is a canine life preserver, and that's all a leash should be used for. It shouldn't be used as, as a crutch for anything else. And so um, if the dog does pull in front of you, you can just go walk the other way, and you just teach the dog, you know what, if you pull, you don't get to where you want to get to. But if you walk by me, you're going to get everywhere that you want to go. You're going to smell everything that you want to smell. Go say hi to everything you want to go say hi to. So it's actually, in the end, much more rewarding for the dog to not pull rather than pull. And you've done it without using punishment because that dog knows you are attached to that punishment and it's going to, it's going to mistrust you. There are some people that don't care if their dogs mistrust them. But you ask. I would say most of the dog-owning population, they care what their dogs think of them. You know, I have to agree with you, Victoria. You took the words right out of my mouth because this is all about relationship building. You know, you can pop and jerk and, and, and correct and holler, hit, and punish, um, and people will tell me, well, I've used those methods, and they work. And I'll ask them to define what do you mean they work. Well, he stops doing this or he stops doing that. And then I'll remind them, you've called me here because maybe your dog is growling at you or maybe your dog is 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 depressed or maybe your dog has developed another emotional issue. Well, this could all be because it's become such a negative environment for him and a negative relationship with the very people he lives with. Hey, Rainey, I want to interject if, I, if you don't mind. No. Um, we're talking about uh, having fear issues and 
and and and not trusting and all that kind of stuff and you know fear and anxiety and those kinds of things and unfortunately um unfortunately most of the punishment based trainers do not really focus on the the well-being of the dog mm-hmm. You know, they're very focused on changing the behavior, but they're not looking for medical issues. They're not looking for inherited fear issues or genetic problems or, um, you know, post-traumatic stress. And, you know, they kind of overlook all that. And I, I actually got a call last night uh, from a, a person who owns a Caney Corso, um, and it, at three months of age, the dog was snarling and growling at people, and, you know, they brought it to a, a punishment-based trainer who, you know, advised the owners that, you know, when the dog does this, to, to grab it by the face and shake it. And, you know, now they're calling me, and if the dog is two, is going to be three years old, and she's very aggressive towards strangers, and, and especially men, because the man did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in my experience, you know, a three-month-old dog that's snarling and growling, I mean, you, you know, you're probably looking at it a genetic form of fear, and, you know, you really have to tread lightly, and you really have to handle that dog delicately, because it's already afraid. Right, of course. Yeah, and, you know, this is this is the real problem. You, you make, if you fight fire with fire, you are going to get burnt. And then what happens? The dog gets the blame. The dog is the one that gets put down. And it's so, it's so sad, um, because really that, that was the person who came in with that, with that dog and taught the owner how to discipline the dog without understanding why. You see, so much of the old star trainers don't ask why. They don't care really why as long as you can fix the problem. But I always say quick fixes very quickly come unstuck. And this is the major difference. You can argue all you like. You can have these dominant trainers coming and putting forward their arguments because we get quick results. Um, and I'm not saying that dominant training doesn't work. Yes, you put a fist up to my face and say, if you don't behave, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to behave. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to be unpredictable too. Right. Positive trained dogs respond much more predictably in certain situations, um, much more so than dogs that have been trained with a heavy hand. And I think I think that is the major thing. We're talking about animals here with with sharp teeth and sharp teeth that really, really, you know, that, that these animals need understanding and they can be very dangerous if you if you not um, handle them carefully in the correct manner. And so respect that. Also respect the dog's experience of the world and realize that it's living in your domestic environment, which is a very strange environment anyway. And they have a lot of pressures that they have to to um, get over to be able to live successfully in a human environment. So we need to be able to help them be successful rather than trying to dominate them into submission. You know, Victoria, I sometimes will bring this up on a human level um, to my clients based on my own experience as a, when I was a child. Um, I was raised with 
uh, a lot of negativity. I was raised with a lot of punishment, and so probably my parents, you know, got me to stop doing whatever behaviors they were trying to correct me for. Um, I remember trying to study my uh, my times tables, and I just couldn't get it because I was under such pressure from my parents to do them correctly that I was so uptight that I couldn't learn. So, you know, eventually I did, and so maybe their methods worked, but I was petrified of them. Right, exactly. And you know what? I mean, I... I, I was also raised um, in, in a pretty hard way. Um, I, I do remember my father beat me one day, and um, I'll never forget, forget that, and I will never forgive him. And from then on, the relationship between us was never quite the same, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and I feared him. And do you, do you really want, I mean, as a child too, I experienced that, and, and, and into adulthood. You know, I will never, ever forget that. And that brings me up to my next point as well. When when a dog has had a negative experience with their person and that fear memory will be imprinted in the dog's memory for life. That's for right. life. Because right. the brain does not erase fear memories. It does not. It does not in people and it does not in dogs. What happens is that if a dog does go through a trauma, we help the dog put the trauma to the back of its mind so mm-hmm. that it doesn't it doesn't come out again. We, we try to minimize that trauma that's happened to that dog. Well, it's the same thing with people. And, um, and so even though my father never did that to me again, um, I, I would always remember that and still remember that, goodness knows how many years later. Same with our dogs. And so we have to respect that experience. And do you really, do you really want that kind of relationship with your animal? Do you really want your animal to fear you? Mm-hmm. Right, I agree. Listen, um, girls, we have to take a short break. Uh, we're going to uh, let Karen tell you what services she offers in the Keyport, New Jersey area, and we'll be back in just a moment with Victoria Stowell. Are you the owner of a fearful or aggressive dog and don't know where to turn? Have you called other trainers and they've turned you down because they don't want to deal with an aggression case? Then My Best Friend Dog Training and its special service, the Dog Super Nanny, is maybe just what you're looking for. We do in-home private consultations. We're located in Keyport, New Jersey, and we do travel. Our phone number is 732-533-9376, and our website is MyBestFriendDogSchool.com. We are positive-based trainers and don't use physical punishment or fear as a way to motivate your dog. We use games and fun as a way to do that, and we also help you during the whole process. So give us a call. We're here for you. 732-533-9376. Welcome back to Thursday in the Doghouse. Uh, we're t- Karen Fazio and I are talking with um, TV um, dog trainer Victoria Stillwell. Karen, you had a question for Victoria. Yeah, I do. Um, we, we've been talking uh, in the, this morning about, you know, positive versus uh, punishment-based methods and why positive training is, is most effective. Um, but, you know, I mean, we watch TV and we don't really know how we could get in touch with Victoria, how we could see her or learn more about her. And, I, I, Victoria, if you don't mind, would you mind sharing with the audience maybe your website or, or some information um, where people could get kind of a little bit more acquainted with you? Yes. Um 
if you want to um, learn about more, more about positive reinforcement, read the latest articles, the latest news, um, the, um, hear from expert bloggers. I have some great expert bloggers on my site. Please go to positively.com. That's positively.com. Um, and that's my website, the kind of online home of positive reinforcement training. If you have a problem with your dog, you're not in the New Jersey area, go to um, my forums. There are some great experts on there that can help you. We have There's a whole list of my appearances, both in the media, about my television show, and also appearances that I'm going to be doing around the country. Um, and you, if you want to come to a live show, I'll be doing a lot of tours and a lot of live shows at the end of this year and also into next year. So check the listings there if you want to come and uh, meet me and ask a question about your dog. There's a big question and answer sessions we do at the end of these shows. And, uh, yeah, so go to my website. It's a great website. Um, and you'll get a lot of information and a lot of answers to questions that you might have. Victoria, tell them about your show. What When is it on? What station? And um, tell okay. them. My show is um, called It's Meal the Dog, and it is on Animal Planet. At the moment, we're on hiatus. We've just literally finished three days ago filming the eighth season mm -hmm. in New York City, and that's going to be coming out in the new year, wow. and it will be airing in the new year on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. So um, look out for that. We filmed some fantastic shows, great families, insane dog problems. Mm -hmm. um, you name it, I've seen it, and, <laughs> and I do it. Um, <laughs> So, yes, and, uh, you know, I always have a book out. It's Me or the Dog, How to Have the Perfect Pet. So go buy the book, and that will give you a lot of answers to questions. I have to tell you, Victoria, there are so many times that I'll come home from work, especially uh, on a Saturday, and I've been out training all day, and I'm able to tune into your show, and there you are working with the same type of dog that I worked with that day on the same type of problem, doing exactly the same method. It just cracks me up and I have to tell my husband look at that she did exactly the same thing I did all day long so it's kind of funny and it's very fun too to see that there is somebody out there and I know that there's many of us who are are making dogs happy that uh, making dogs feel like they can't wait to train and they can't wait to work with us because it's working for them you know, it's, funny yeah. you bring up, it's funny you bring up that point Rini because um, Victoria also does uh, dog training um, classes. Isn't that right? Can't you join a like a positively uh, program to become a positively dog trainer? Great. Yeah, you you can. I, I actually um, I I already have my program is designed for people who are already trainers mm -hmm. and who have already been training for a long time. And it uh, and I basically developed it because there's not really a place here in the United States or an online home where you can go to where you know you're going to get a positive reinforcement trainer. There's a lot of organizations, but there aren't any organizations that really personally assess and make sure that the trainer that's coming into your home is is the right person and is going to use humane methods. So mm -hmm. I set up the Victoria Still Positive Dog Training Network that's all around the country now, and um, which will provide the creme de la creme. And so I always tell people, you know, if you want to train in your area, um, then, you know, go to my go to my website uh, and check out a Victoria Still Positively Dog Trainer. But there are also a lot of other great trainers in this country that um, that don't train under my Positivity brand, but are positive reinforcement trainers. And, the, and there are literally thousands of us, thousands. I'm not reinventing the wheel on my show. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there are some methods that I'm developing and I've got some 
great, really exciting. My canine noise phobia series is coming out um, very soon. We're introducing that at the Association of Pet Dog Trainers conference in October. Very, very exciting, new, groundbreaking stuff. But I'm not reinventing the wheel. There are thousands of us out there in the United States, and that's what makes me so excited because we are taking over... And as you said, we're making dogs' lives happier because we're treating them and teaching them in the right way. Mm-hmm. Whatever got you started in dog training? I mean, um, you were, I think, an actress at one time. So how did that get you into this direction? Well, I had to. As an actor, you always have to have your survival job. And my survival job was working with animals. I was dog sitting and um, dog walking. And then through that, I met trainers and behaviorists and became really fascinated in the whole behavior side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to study and went to lots of lectures and seminars, worked in rescue shelters, and then became certified. So really, it was a natural progression. And then after a while, I decided, you know what, I actually prefer training dogs than I do to acting or, or going for casting. So mm-hmm. it really developed from there, and then the dog training took over full time. That's great. Well, we're glad that you do that, <laughs> believe me. Um, so so you've had some interesting situations occur on your shows, some of them very challenging. Um, I remember watching several of them, and I'm, I even think to myself, I wonder how she's going to handle that. Um, when you do your shows, I mean, are they... Obviously, you can't plan out ahead of time what you're going to do necessarily because dog behavior is so changeable. So does does anything ever happen on a show while you're filming that you have to um, react to immediately uh, that it, yeah. it really does challenge your skills? Oh, yes, all the time, every time. I mean, I see a three-minute DVD of the family that I'm going to go into. Um, and I'll see it three three minutes, and that that's all I'll see. And you can get a picture of behavior, so I have an idea mm-hmm. what I'm going into. But on the show, when I meet the family, that's when I'm really meeting the family. It's mm-hmm. not set mm-hmm. up. It's not put on. I'm really meeting the family. And then what I like about my show is that we don't doctor anything to look amazing. If something didn't work, it didn't work. We don't we don't say things are a success when they're so evidently not a success. Right. Um, and you know, ninety I would say ninety five percent of people, families on my show enjoy the process. Five percent of them don't. Yeah, it's a big deal to have a film crew come into your your, your house for five days right. to film to film you and then to film sort of to to film your dirty laundry as it were. Yeah. Um, when things come out about you and about your family and about your relationships, I mean that's sometimes tough for people to take. So it is a real journey that people go through on my show, but. We are all there, my crew, myself, to try and make the situation better. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I do go into places sometimes. And, A, there are many, many more problems than what I've seen on the DVD. New ones uh, emerge and or, or people really come clean. You know, mm-hmm. they haven't divulged a lot of information. And then when I get there, it all comes out. So it's been very challenging. And this last, I mean, this last ten episodes I've just done for the eighth season has been my most challenging yet. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yes, I've, I've had um, one of my first ones as a dog to suffer such chronic separation anxiety. It jumped out of glass windows eight times. It jumped out, it jumped out of the window, you said? Through glass windows, yes. Yeah, yep. yep. I had that too. I know, it's horrible. I'd be interested to see how you handle that. Um, yeah. You know, I, oh. I, I kind of kid around with people and I tell them, you know, my own friends and stuff, I would rather deal with a biting dog than work with a dog that has separation anxiety because oh, it is such a challenge. 
um, to, to get that dog to feel better. You know, Victoria, I have a question. Um, yeah. I know we're kind of running out of time, but I do want to get this one in. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've just wrote a whole uh, article on my newsletter that I mail out monthly on controlling one's emotions while training their dog. And, and I find that a mm-hmm. lot of times uh, the dog's problems are exacerbated by emotional states of the people that live with the dog. Um, h- how do you feel about that? Do you see the yeah, same thing? Yeah, 100%, 100%. It really does. And... Um, you also have to, I mean, so I have to keep a clear head sometimes because I go into such emotional situations and environments that I, if I don't have a clear head and um, keep my emotions in check, then we're not going to get anywhere. And sometimes the situation does get so out of hand, and, I, and, and sometimes I do lose it very infrequently, but it has happened. Um, but you're, you're doing a disservice if you do. So... But yes, they do. They do. Dogs do take on the emotional baggage of their people. They sure do. And when you flag that up and you show a person that actually a lot of their behavior is affecting their dog in a very negative way, that's a revelation to a lot of people. So um, I also think, and I'm sure you agree with me, that you have to be a people person as well to be a good dog trainer. It's not just enough just to like dogs and want to work with dogs. You have to love people too, because yeah, to that help them. the majority of your time is going to be spent training them to train their dog. Victoria, I need to thank you so much for joining us here today. You're, talking to you was such a pleasure. Um, unfortunately, we're running out of time. Um, I hope that you will join us again sometime. Yes, absolutely. All right, you have a great day, and uh, I'll look forward to that. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, Take care, Victoria. All right. Bye. So thanks a lot. Uh, just quickly, I want to let everybody know that next week we're going to have a trainer from New Hampshire come on, and she's going to teach all of us how to get their, your dogs to relax. How many of you out there have hyped up, nervous, high-strung, too energetic, overly excited, out-of-control dogs? I've got many. <laughs> so we're all going to learn something next week. I uh, hope you all have a great week. Um, don't forget to tune us in uh, next Thursday from 10 to 10.30 right here on WNJC, 1360 AM. Bye, everybody. Take care. I'm glad you